let's get into the word. Our uh, collection of talks is Jesus first. How many were here last week? Uh, Jesus first. And last week was first things first. I had props. I had clothes. Uh, all those things. So make sure you watch the message last week. Uh, but this is kind of our anchor verse uh, for this series. It's Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. 33. <laughs> Six, it should be 655. No, 633. And it says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And all these things will be added to you. Seek Jesus first and he'll take care of the rest. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. And Father, I thank you for this word. I pray give us revelation. Father, not just information, but transformation for this message today. Father, I also pray uh, for all those football fans that lost, their teams are lost. But uh, Father, I pray for the bandwagon Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, just pray that somebody wins and we have a great time. In your name I pray. Everybody said, amen. amen. Kansas City fans, Kansas City, Kansas City. God bless you. Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills. Who else? Dolphins? Dolphins? Okay, there's some. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Dolphins? I don't know who else is. San Diego Chargers? So, so you're all going to be here next week. Great. Awesome. Awesome. You don't need to watch that game. It's fine. Now, um, uh, my wife and I, Pastor Lindsay and I, we have, we have an 11-year-old. And um, he's 11. He's experiencing, you know, like, like junior high stuff and 11-year-old stuff. And, uh, but I remember uh, one night we, we told uh, Lorenzo and Alita that we would watch their, their little girl. And Isla is, uh, she's walking. She's able to grab things. Um, she's talking a little bit, singing a little bit. They have a video of her worshiping. Uh, it's just incredibly, she is like the cutest. And so we said, we'll watch her. And so uh, one partic particular night they brought her over. And uh, we said, okay, good. Uh, and we had her in the house. And, and what's funny is, and I tell you that our, our one and only son is 11 years old. Uh, Isla is much younger than that, 10 years younger. And um, we've been out of the game for a little bit. How many I'm talking about? You've been out of the game for, for just, uh, just a little bit. And so when she came over, uh, we were like, whoa, she moves. Whoa. She touches things. Whoa. Like, I don't know if my house is baby proof. Like, wow. I'm, I, and the parents, I know you're OG, uh, but if your kids are adult kids and they have kids, your methods might be a little outdated, you know? Um, 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 younger, if you, if you have parents that are trying to give you unsolicited advice, um, you should ask them for that advice because they really do have some great principles that'll, that'll work. But I understand the tension, you know, uh, because uh, Lita came over with, like, stuff. Like, like you hit a button and, and, and formula comes out, you know, like toys and, and just all these things. And, and like, when, like, growing up, I had, like, a stick, you know, like... Chew on this, boy, you know. And it was fun when, when, when Isla was there and she was around the house. We began to realize that she can go and grab things like scissors, you know, or, or knives, you know, like, or, 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 I'm sorry, Alita, like poison, you know, and markers. And we were like, oh, no. And what my wife and I started to do is we started taking things and putting them higher. Started taking things and go, no, 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 we're going to put it higher. Some things we hit too. She don't need to know about this. 
I remember when Levi was, what, two or three years old, we had a beautiful, like, knife, I mean, it's used, but knife thing on the counter that you could just pull out and start cooking. And we watched him one day climb up on the cabinets, put his toes on the handles, and he got up on the, on the counter right next to the knives. And we said, we need to go even higher. Because a lot of times, and I, I, I want to take that illustration, a lot of times, sometimes we're kind of like, baby Christians, or sometimes we, we, we want things from God and God is going, no, 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 you don't understand the value of that. There's things that, yes, not only will harm baby Isla, but also there's things that she doesn't see the value in it. And I love this scripture in Isaiah 55. It says, seek the Lord. Seek Jesus first while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Then it says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Therefore, that is why Jesus has to be first. Because his ways are certainly not my ways. And this is kind of spiritual maturity comes in. We got to realize his ways are better than my ways. His thoughts really are better than my thoughts. And my prayer is there's going to be healing that's going to take place during this collection of talks for us to have a restored relationship with our perception of Jesus. He's not out there to punish you. He's not there to hurt you. It would be very poor of me as a babysitter to give Isla a knife and say, I trust you. Because she doesn't understand the value of what she's holding. And so it says, my ways are your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. I believe, in, I believe as, as we seek God, we're praying and we're fasting, we've been asking God for things and God is saying, no, 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 it's not here. I placed it higher. I placed it higher. Uh, short people in the room. Have you ever tried to read something in the top pantry? Right, I feel you short people in the room. What do you do? You get a step ladder. You get, get, you get a real ladder, you know, and, and you try to, you climb that ladder so you can grab what was placed higher. And there's many things in this spiritual walk that we're mad at God for not giving us, but God has said, it's not here, it's on the top shelf. This ain't bottom shelf stuff. This is top shelf stuff. For my ways are higher than your ways. But I'm going to wrap it. I'm going to tie it in because the principle of the first takes us higher. Principle of the first takes us. It's, it is never, Jesus, you're first in my life. This is easy. Jesus, this is first in my life. It's heaven on earth. In my, this is incredible. Oh, man. I, why would, Everyone should come to church because asking you shall receive. Man, you get it. You have it because I want it. But the principle of the first really takes us to a different place. There's a word in the Bible, or a really, it's, not, it's, a, it's a, a, the, a theological word, but it's called stewardship. And stewardship is the process of being responsible with someone else's property while it is entrusted. How many know everything on this planet does not belong to us? It belongs to God. Everything, and you said, no, Pastor, I acquired it myself. God made a way for you to get it. God, it's, it's his. It belongs to him. No ifs, ands, or buts. It belongs to him. But every single one of us, I believe, we are, we are responsible for what God has given us. And I believe during this collection of talks, I even believe someone needs to jump into the fast today and finish out the next seven days, join us for next Sunday, join us for Sunday night. You might even get water baptized, but I believe with all my heart, God is saying, I've trusted you with this, but I really want to trust you with this. With, with some top shelf stuff. 
And this next slide is not my favorite slide, but I got to preach the word. And this next slide is the way he trusts us is by testing us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the tests. So the title of my message today is, it's the first test. The first test. Not the first test. Not the first test that's ever taken place, but it's just the first test. The first test. Turn to Genesis chapter 22. It said, after all these things, Abraham obeyed God. After all these things, maybe read a few chapters earlier, as a man named Abram. God even changed this guy's name from Abram to Abraham. God spoke to Abram and said, Abram, I want you to go that way. Just, just go over there. And, and many of us, we would have been like, God, I need specific instructions. I need you to put it in my Google Maps so I can have turn-by-turn directions so I know exactly where to go. And God said, sorry, that's not faith. I need you to just go there. And so Abraham did it. He packed everything up and he took out all his, his really his community, his family, and he went that way. Also, when he went that way, he, he, he went to Egypt, but he wasn't supposed to go to Egypt, but he came back, repented before God. And Abraham was, he's just a man of faith. And he did all these things, all these things. After all these things, God tested Abraham. I'm talking to the OGs in the room. You're retired and you're in your 70s or 80s and you're like, it is finished. God said, ha ha, after all those things, I'm still going to test you. Maybe you're a young adult in here. You say, I grew up in church. I've been to Bible studies. I memorize scripture. I know what to pray. I have a prayer language. And God is saying, yes, that's amazing. But after all those things, I'm still going to test you. God tested Abraham. Abraham, And he said to him, Abraham. Now, can I just say kind of selfishly, be nice of God. Just shout my name every once in a while. Jeremy. Yeah, what's up? Abraham said here. I am. Now, anyone loves taking tests in this room? Any test takers? You're like, yes, give me a good test. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm, um, I'm hard of hearing. I'm deaf in this year. We're a hearing aid that, or really it's a microphone that sends it to this side. And so for the first time in, what, five years or four years, I'm, I'm not mono. I'm not stereo, baby. Come on. Yeah. I'm stereo. And, um, but I, I'm, I'm 100% deaf and I'm 60% deaf. Uh, every year I have to go take a hearing test. And I have to take a hearing test to gauge how my hearing's doing. Is it increasing? Is it, is it, is it decreasing? <laughs> is it improving? And I hate the hearing test. I will do anything I can to get out of the hearing test. I even like, like, I try not to get mean, all right? I'm just going, listen, I'm, I'm 39. We're good. Just give me the, give me the hearing aids, you know? And but a hearing aid test, you got to sit in a booth, and it's this claustrophobic booth, and they hook things up to you, and they and, and that now they give you a buzzer. But back in the old days, I would sit there in the in the chair, and and, and the and the and the and the doctor would go, "Hello, Mr. Bosma. Raise your hand when you hear the word the." And I'm like, "Okay, great, the." I'm like, and then she'll go through a series of words. Say the word dog, you know, dog, you know, say the word cat. Sometimes she said words and I'm like, I, I'm a pastor, I can't say that word. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know what word you just said. But there's a process to the hearing test where they do sounds. Beep, beep, beep. And it's funny because it's monotonous, but as I am hearing the sounds, I have to either click the clicker depending where I go, or if I go to the cheaper place, raise my hand. 
Somebody just got that. Come up. It's early. It's, it's the 930 service. But anytime I hear a noise, beep, I got to raise my hand. Beep, I got to raise my hand. I believe for many of us, God is testing you and you're not raising your hand. You're going, nope. <laughs> I hear, no, nope, I hear nothing. And here's Abraham going, beep, Abraham. Abraham said, here I am. But I want you to notice this, here I am. Abraham's going, I am comfortable right now. I have Isaac. I have a son who's going to give me many nations. He's going to multiply. Thank you for finally at 100 years old, you answered my prayer. And so be, be, So I believe the first test that we need to take, and the first test is the heart test. Because God really wants what's first in our lives. Who comes first? What comes first? God wants it. God wants it. And I want you to listen to last week's message. Because it says this, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, he said, here I am. For, for he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah, offer him there as a burnt sacrifice, as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, I should tell you. Now, this is interesting because I'm going to get to the point to where uh, <laughs> it's like, welcome to Avenue Church. If you're brand new today, we're going to take what we love and burn it. You know, like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> Promise you. I'm going to talk about this context in just a minute, but I want you to focus on this. Your one and only son, Isaac. Now, have you ever read this uh, story or maybe you're in the Bible plan for the new year? Uh, we begin to realize in Genesis chapter 16, uh, Isaac wasn't here yet. And Isaac was, was a good promise from God. But what happens is that during the tests, they got impatient. Uh, really, it's Sarai, and, and Sarai goes to Abram, and Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She says, there's no promise. It hasn't taken place yet. I'm tired of waiting. I, I met, really, she, she, she didn't pass the patience test, the waiting test. So she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar, and she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I could build a family through her. And this is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. Abram agreed. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Here I am, send me, Sarah. And, and, and this is the next verse. It says this. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took the slave, Hagar, gave him to her husband to be his wife, and he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. And then later on, we begin to see the name of the baby. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called his name of his son, Ishmael. So Ishmael is the first. And this was birthed out of I'm, in, I'm, I'm impatient. I'm going to take matters in my own hands. God's taking too long. Do you realize when you take a test, you never notice the teacher never talks during the test? He never did go, hey, what's the answer to number five? Hey, how much luck? You know. And so this was interesting to me. is because God says, I want you to take your one and only son, Isaac. But if you read the scripture, there's also Ishmael. Ishmael, who's really the, the first, the firstborn, the first... And I begin to study the word only, one and only son. And only in the original language, it's not, it's not only, it's unique. And I love this, pertaining to, a child, pertaining to a child who is very special in the eyes of the parent, and in that sense, very unique. Friends, God wants what's unique in our lives, and he wants it first. He doesn't want the leftovers. 
So how does it, what does that mean for us today? God wants the unique part of your income. He wants to tithe. He doesn't need it. He wants it because he wants the heart. This is all part of the heart test. 10% to the church, what is that all about? God's saying, it's the heart test. It's the heart test. It's all it is. God owns the cattle of the thousand hills. God's got money. He's going to, he, God, you got money, right? God's going to bless us if we seek first the kingdom of heaven. All these things fall into place. Man, he wants a unique part of your day is what I believe. Whether for you, special time of the day is in the morning. Some of you, it's not special. And maybe your special unique time is when you're all by yourself in the evening. I don't know what it is, but God wants, he wants you, your, your, your special Unique time. Man, maybe it's for you to say, you know what, on the weekends we do this and that, and that's great, that's wonderful. We have to have priorities and, and all those different things and responsibilities. But I really believe by you being here on Sunday morning, you're giving something unique to God. Yeah. On Saturday mornings and this week is going to be Sunday at 7 a.m., we have a setup team. They come in and, and, and they, I just, I love our setup team. And, and they set up all the chairs, the TVs, the tech, the lobby, all the banners that you see because we're portable. We rent and, and they come in. They don't have to. They don't, they don't need to, but they want to because it's unique and it's special. And they don't, they, don't, they don't do it for me. They do it for God. So it has to be unique. God doesn't want the leftovers. Abraham very well could have said, take Ishmael. Here, here you go, I'll sacrifice him. <laughs> Instead, God said, I want what's very special and very unique in your life. I want to give you a challenge. I want you to, the first challenge is, I want you to test who or what comes first in every area of your life. Because sometimes, friends, we withhold from God. And sometimes we, we, we wrap it in such godly wrapping paper. And we say, here's what I'm doing, and I'm doing it for the Lord, but once I get this taken care of, and once I do this, then I will. And God is saying, no, I want what comes first in every area of your life. He wants, and this is now, if you're brand new with us, we're not, we're not like doing a big offering at the end. You know, we're not like laying house deeds and car payments. We're not doing that. Because what God wants is he wants your heart. He doesn't want your stuff. He wants your heart. I got to keep going. Genesis chapter 22. So Abram, Abraham, he hears the instructions from God. And it says this, he rose early in the morning. Now, I don't know about you, but I probably would have slept in. I probably would have taken my sweet time. Like, yeah, sacrificed my, my unique, special son. But he's the promised one. He's the one that I was believing for. He's the one that's going to bring the promise I would have taken my sweet time, but still he saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering. He arose and he went to the place of which God had told him. I believe the second test we need to take is the obedience test. So I believe for many of us, our heart's right, but we're having a hard time taking that step of faith. Because your response reveals your priorities. You heard it last week. I got some things to do before I fully commit to you. Or maybe you heard something from the Lord and God says, do it. And, 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 and we're, not in, we're, we're in the process of still praying and fasting or we're asking other people. But you know in your heart it's exactly what God wants you to do. 
And so our preparation reveals our obedience. Our response reveals our priorities. So he cut the wood, rose early in the morning. He, he, he was ready for the burnt offering. He arose. And I want you to catch this. And he went to the place of which God had told him. I found this interesting because as we later read, he took a three-day journey. And this all represents Jesus. He took a three-day journey and, and he went to where God told him to go. He goes up to the mountain where God told him which mountain to take. I grew up in church, and I've heard this a lot of times in Mark chapter 11. Uh, Mark chapter 11, and Jesus answered them. This is in the New Testament. And Jesus said, listen, have faith in God. This is the obedience test right here. Have faith and trust in God. Have faith in God. Then he says this, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain right here, right? And how many know, don't tell, don't tell God how big your mountain is. Tell your God how big, tell your mountain how big your God is. I don't do good with those kind of words, but I'm trying. And he says, if you speak to the mountain, be taken up, be thrown into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Amen? But here's the problem. I believe, I believe we're praying against the wrong mountain. We're praying against what could be, what we're praying against could be what God is using to test us. That's the obedience test right there. Where we're going, this one, I want that mountain of success. And God's going, that's not my mountain. I didn't choose, I didn't choose this one. I chose this one. And we're going, <laughs> you know, the mountain of this. And we're like, be thou removed, be thou cast out into the sea. And God's like, what are you yelling at? This is the mountain I want you to call down. But we're just like a little islet trying to reach the top shelf. And God's going, no, it's this one. That one's only going to last you about a year. It'll only keep you on fire for me for a day or two. But this is where the spiritual growth goes. This is where you get higher. As a pastor, I'm constantly going small groups, get in the community. Oh, I don't want to do that. I want. Because we're all trying to rebuke or cast down the wrong mountains in our life. I want, listen, I want you to be successful. I want you to have have, have success in your life. So does God. But if we cut God out of the equation and we start climbing up that mountain, we will get exhausted, we will get burnt out, and you will never reach the top. And so maybe what we're speaking against is really what God is using to test us. I was in um, just before uh, early 2020, before life got really fun. Um, I got invited out to go to um, Vail, uh, Colorado, and uh, a group flew, flew me out there. And uh, before we got there, they gave us kind of a prep list. And I was kind of like, I don't need a prep list, you know. And I uh, decided to read the prep list because I'm married to Pastor Lindsay. And uh, she's like, read it. I'm like, fine, you know. And read the prep list, you know, bring this, you know, bring warm clothes, you know, bring, bring boots and, you know, we're going to go snowboarding and skiing, bring this and bring that. But in, under, in big bold letters at the very bottom, drink lots of water before you even get here. Drink lots of water before you get on the airplane. Uh, there's, there's altitude, there's a higher elevation in that, in that mountain area. And so sure enough, I'm chugging as much as I can on the plane. I'm chugging as much as I can. I'm showing my age on 
the plane, gotta go to the bathroom again, you know, and just drink it as much as I can. And, and all of a sudden they pick me up from there. And really the air is different. Uh, it's beautiful. We get into the house that they got for us and met all these other pastors. And, and by that evening, uh, pastors started getting headaches. And they're going, oh, my goodness. And we're like, are you okay? Are you drinking water? They even had oxygen bougie pastors, you know, oxygen, you know, and, and trying to help these guys out. But what they didn't do is they didn't prepare. They skipped the preparation before they got up the mountain. They skipped the preparation before they went higher. And so that next morning, over half of them would say, I can't get out of bed. My headache's too big and it's pounding. We're like, did you drink water? And they're like, I drank LaCroix, you know, or like Diet Coke. And, and so they all had to stay uh, in the lower elevation, even lower, higher elevation. Then we went down to the ski resort, got all checked out. Then I was able to go to the highest point in Colorado. It was beautiful. It was majestic. And I love that we're snowboarding all day. Come back to the house and go, are you guys coming? They're like, I'm good. I'm good right here, man. I got, we got snacks. We got this and that. They had altitude sickness, so they wanted to stay where it was comfortable. I believe in the past, but now three years, we had some altitude sickness where God was trying to take our faith a little higher, where God was trying to take us to, a, to, the, to the next level. And for some reason, we said, no, 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 God, I, I want to stay right here. This is great. I'm in my zone. I'm in my spot. I'm in my niche. You know, I, I, this is exactly where I, I, I think I need to be. And God is going, God will, listen to me, friends. God will never keep you where you are. He always wants you to take you to new levels and new levels and new levels. So the last test is the comfort test. And I hate to tell you this, but God's mountain is always about sacrifice or discomfort. Always about sacrifice and discomfort. I go to the gym because I want to get stronger. It's uncomfortable. It's weird lifting heavy weights and trying to figure these things out. I'm the guy in the gym that's like, what are you doing? I don't know. But in order to grow, we got to get uncomfortable. And I believe many of us, we need to pass the heart test. We need to pass the obedience test. We need to pass the comforts test. God's mountain is always about sacrifice or discomfort. There was once a story of two gentlemen who wanted to climb Mount Everest. Uh, one guy said, hey, you need to pack uh, the least amount you got. You just need to pack your rope, your warm gear, your, 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 your small bits of food so we can have protein and things like that. But the other guy, he had his heart set on taking a, an amazing picture up at the top. He wanted to have a, a blanket. He wanted to have a, his hors d'oeuvres and, and fancy foods and, and his camera. And, and so he, he, he said, I'm going to bring all this with me. And because he had all that stuff with him, he, he had a harder time getting up the mountain. But, but they finally made it to base camp, the very last base camp, and that base camp gets them up to the, to the very peak where, where people go up there and celebrate, so we did it. All of a sudden, then that very next morning, the guy said, I'm too tired, I'm too exhausted, and so he laid out his blanket inside his tent, pulled all his food out, his hors d'oeuvres, and said, I'm going to stay right here. Church, we cannot stay in the comfort zone. Man, we, 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 we got... And I don't even want to repent to you as a pastor. I apologize if I ever got uncomfortable. And just said, this is it right here. It's such a conundrum, I believe. Well, seek God 
Seek first the kingdom of heaven. All these things will be added unto you, but you cannot get comfortable. They do not go hand in hand. Abraham didn't go, God, I'm going to seek you with all my heart. I'm going to stay right here because God's in control. And God's going, yes, I'm in control, but I'm going to make you climb some mountains. And here's the problem with the altitude sickness for a comfortable staying low. God wants to take us higher. But I believe we're really good at sacrificing for our comfort instead of sacrificing our comfort. We'll do anything and everything to make sure we're comfortable. Self-medicate, make sure we're good, to secure, to have a, have a you know, this is all planned out in the future, and those are all smart and wise things. That comes after. After. And so, Genesis chapter 22, they came to the place where God had called him to go to. Abraham built the altar there. He laid the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. I want you to know Isaac wasn't a baby Isla. They believe Isaac was in his 20s. Isaac also was passing a test as well. He was represented Christ like a lamb to the slaughter. He could have overwhelmed his son, overcame his, his uh, Isaac could have overwhelmed or overcame Abraham. Said, you get down there. But like a lamb to the slaughter, he was fulfilling prophecy. Then Abraham reached out of his hand, he took the knife, slaughtered his son. Now, if you've heard the scripture over and over and over and over again, like I have, you can know exactly what I'm gonna say next is we gotta pass the trust test. You gotta pass the trust test. And that's simply having faith in God despite the outcome. But here's what I wanna show with you before I close today. Abraham lays Isaac on the altar, ties him up on the wood. The first step was to kill him. The second step was to, was to burn him. Say, Lord, I give you my son, my one and only son. I give you what's special. I give you what's unique. I wonder how many of us would kind of go, ah, yeah. <laughs> we would stop or we would go. <sighs> Maybe I'll go that this, maybe I'll go to Connect one day. Maybe I'll get involved in a small group. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll give this up. Maybe I'll. But the Bible says Abraham never hesitated. He was going to kill his son. And we see this in Hebrews chapter 11 in the New Testament. The author says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his son. There was, there was no turning back. He was the act of offering up his only son, whom it was said, and here's the prophecy, and this is where many of us get hung up, but God, you said, God, you, you promised, God, it's, it's, I, I got word after word after word. But it said this, he, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This is the promise. But Abraham said this, and I love this. This is what happens when you go higher. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. And so Abraham said, he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, for which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. That's a higher way of thinking, ladies and gentlemen. 
It is no longer going, oh, if I give this away, I'm going to be poor. If I give this away, I won't have anything. No, we go, when I give this away, God's going to do something supernatural. God's going to do something extraordinary. Because my God, his ways are not my ways, and I hate it. But I love it. And then it says this, the angel of the Lord stopped him. Abraham, Abraham, stop, stop. Abraham's like, ah, you know. And the Lord called Abraham a second time from heaven. He said, by myself I have sworn, because you have done this, you have not withheld your son, your only son. Surely I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will have your offspring possess the enemies. I will have your offsprings and all the nations of the earth be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. What did Abraham do? Abraham, seek first the kingdom of heaven. And he knew that he knew that he knew it was in bottom shelf faith. This is top shelf faith. But he said, and all these things will be added unto me. And I never realized this, but in Genesis chapter 22, I'm going to go kind of back up a little bit. Abraham said this to the young man. These are the servants who were helping him. He said, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and we'll worship. And I want you to catch this. And come again to you. We're going to go over there. We're going to worship. I wonder if his young men said, that's not worship, that's sacrifice. And Abraham said, I'm going to go over there. Sometimes you got to get away from the crowd. And he says, I'm going to go over there, but we're going to come back because God's word is true and his promises are true. And whether he's dead and I see him later or he's dead and gets resurrected or he's, or God stops me and provides for himself a ram in the thicket, God's going to do what God does, but I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to trust my mind. I'm not going to try to conjure up every stinking plan and every stinking exit and every journey or path to take. But Abraham said, we're going to worship. This is the very first time in the Bible the word worship is used. After the angel stops him and, and he takes his son Isaac off the altar and brings the ram, kills the ram, Abraham builds an altar and at the altar he calls it Jehovah Jireh. It's the first time we see the words God provides. So will you stand with me please because I got one more slide for you. And if you're brand new today, I'm this wild every single week. Can I get an Amen because my God is too good and he's too great. He wants every single person to go to the next level. I want you to see this next slide that when we give sacrificially, God provides supernaturally. When we give sacrificially, now listen, we're not a cult, okay? This is not like give everything, no. This is between you and the Savior. I don't know what your mountain is but he does. I don't know where God wants to take you, but I'm gonna tell you, it's not gonna be easy, but it's gonna be supernatural. Because the principle of the first, it's not sacrifice, it's worship. I just feel something with the Holy Spirit, so we just close your eyes just for a moment. 
And I believe there's people in this room right now, you're saying, just, just give me a moment, Pastor Jeremy, just stop talking. Abby, I want you to sing that song. Leah, I want you to sing that song for us and just give us a moment. And I want you to give Jesus your life as a sacrifice. Say, today, Lord, I've been, I've been climbing the wrong mountain. No wonder I'm exhausted. I want to pass the heart test. I want to pass the obedience test. I want to pass the faith test. Because you have friends, I like tests because they help us to know exactly where we're at. Tests isn't to fail us, but tests is to promote us. Tests are to help us. today is to say, I give you my life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, why don't you just raise a hand and say, I'm going to give him my heart. And that's going to be a sacrifice for you. But what others call sacrifice, I call it worship. Are you doing that Jesus thing again? Yeah, it's my worship. Are you serving our church again? That's my worship. You give the church how much money? That's my worship. That's my worship. You wake up early on a Sunday morning, that's my worship. You read your word every single day, that's my worship. You pray to him, that's my worship. No one else in this workplace is religious, that's my worship. 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 God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. I say, 
And he's not testing you because he's mad at you. He's testing you because he loves you. He's testing you because he wants to give you more. He wants to entrust you with more of his property. He wants to trust you with more of his stuff. But all he wants to know is, is he first in your heart? That's all he wants. So Jesus, we thank you. Yes, Lord.